listeners, this is the Spotlight on Grace podcast, where we're focusing on what's happening at Grace Church and how God's grace is making a difference in our lives. This is episode number three, no, season three, episode number five. There you go, you got it. I'm your host, Burr Bolton. They start running together. <laughs> Pastor Tanya is here to keep me in line. I'm here, I know the numbers. <laughs> Thank goodness. Someone else is here that knows the numbers today, too. <laughs> yes, that's true, he does know all the numbers. BJ's going to be sharing his workshop highlights from Launch Retreat for us. Yep, he yep. does know so all welcome, the numbers. BJ. I do like numbers, numbers are fun. He knows all the numbers in my life. Good. You can also control numbers. <laughs> People, That's not so much. Like them, right? That's why you like to stick with that. <laughs> numbers don't have feelings, all no. of those things. No. So, do you have no. numbers for us in your report today? In um, your actually, I do not have a lot of numbers. Okay. Like, yeah, so we're still discussing the different workshops during launch retreat that went yeah. on, right? Yeah. And BJ's was, what was the name of your workshop? I got the Future Church was the name of my workshop. So yeah. I was kind of given that name by tanya i think She's well that's what like, happens when you say tell me what to do and i'll do it yeah so oh. that's kind of what I, how come you never say that to me i think that's his whole <laughs> life with you but that's a whole yeah. different episode when nina's here i think we should enter, enter some cricket sounds right there <laughs> i don't have crickets i don't know what i have that one. Oh yes i do hold on hold on are we ready <laughs> There we go. That's funny. Anyways, I did not go to this workshop, so I did not get to hear about your workshop. You didn't make it to this I one either. I didn't get to go to this one either. You were Which teaching. Is, this is why I wanted to record everything on a podcast I so I could hear all the things I know. I, I know. And, and in true fashion for me, um, when I started figuring all this out, I had like, you know, 8,000 pages of stuff that I wanted to say but couldn't say. Because um, it was a 45-minute workshop. Yeah. So are, workshop. Is, are we going to be here a while? Uh, no, I'm actually going to be <laughs> pretty quick on it because I think there's so many different levels that we could spend hours talking about some of this stuff. And I'll just leave it up to people's imaginations. That's good. You okay. think you're going to be quick. It depends on how much we interrupt you. That is true. It's true. That is true. <laughs> we like that to hijack. Yeah. So um, I actually started off with, in our breakout session, which we didn't have a... Uh, tv or anything in there but i'd love to show them the film but um back in 2001 a, a series came out called lord of the rings and um for all those nerdy people they're getting really excited about this right now um but in that it opened up and it was just a black screen and you heard this voice from uh an elf um and it's it's a female elf and she starts speaking and she's speaking in elvish uh, which is not a real language, but um, <laughs> just just to reference that. It probably uh, is now. It, there yeah, are probably. people who have probably oh, yeah. concocted a new uh, language that, okay, anyways, <laughs> go ahead. But it would it would do the Elvish language, and then it would, it would say it in English, and it said this. It said, the world is changed. I feel it in the water. I feel it in the earth. I smell it in the air. Much that once was is lost, for none now live that remember it. And, and I don't know if there are better wor- words that capture what a Christian living in today's culture feels, yeah. that uh, everything has changed. It's different. It feels different. Um, it smells different. And just feel it in the air. It's different. And, um, and that was kind of where I started my uh, breakout session, is just to remind everybody that change is actually normal. Um, everything changes with time. Um, and that's where I, and then I kind of went from there and talked about some cultural shifts that um, I think that we all can see happening in our world today, especially over the last 20 years. Um, and they are simply this, started at the first one there. I had, I actually wrote six and I'm sure we can all think of 
hundreds of things that have changed in the last 20 years. But uh, I started off with number one was everyone is basically good. Um, what our culture believes is that, you know, people at their core, they're just basically good. And and we know that that's not quite true. Yes, we're we're all born in the image of God, but because of a broken world, at our core, we are not basically good. We are self-motivated, uh, and which kind of you'll see a theme with all of these um, next few things. And you guys can interrupt me at any time. It Actually, doesn't... I'm going to go ahead and okay. interrupt you right now. <laughs> Since you gave us permission. Yeah. So, like, it's so odd to me because, like, I do think that is an un- I think do think that's the understanding of the culture that, like, you know, we're bas- people are basically good. Except, then people run around living and acting like everyone's bad and evil. And they don't trust each other. people are always arguing. There's no trust. There's discord. There's all these terrible things. But, like, that's so weird. When our Christian understanding is that we were created in the image of God, which is marred, we acknowledge, you know, that there's there's, um, sin. Right. You know, that because of the fall, and yet we live in in a state of hopefulness. That people can, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's, it's really interesting that, like, the world thinks this, but they live this yeah. way. Mm-hmm. We we believe this and accept right. that there is there is evil because of the fall and sin, but yet we have hope, and we try to live in courage and peace and joy with right. people. So it's yeah. so weird and to me. One of the things I always kind of go back to on this thought, though, is something that uh, – a wise pastor once said, um, "Was it you? I, no, it was. <laughs> I was, about it was to ask that it was not me. Um, it was actually Pastor Tanya. And oh, that's oh, weird. That's really yeah. And and she probably got it from somewhere else. Who knows? But she always said it. She and I've heard her say this often: is if there was no God, there would be no good in this world. Mm, that's true. And so, I mean, that to me means without God, human beings cannot be basically good. No, so, absolutely. So." So that was kind of where I started. Um, and then from there, kind of moved on into this whole idea. Wait, you didn't give all six. I'm fixing to okay. tell you, I'm fixing to go to number two. <laughs> I started there with number one because that to me is is the start of all of what's to come in my next few things. And it's this, this idea of, of self-centeredness. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of these are going to... You know, are going to sound very familiar, but they all kind of center around this self, this idea of self-centeredness. Um, number two is just individual freedom and happiness are most important. So there's nothing more important than what I want and what makes me happy, and and we see that in our culture today. Not just the the culture surrounding the church, but also it creeps into even people in the church. In the church. Um. And then uh, number three is ethics and morals center around individual freedom and happiness. Um, our ethics, our morals are no longer taken from um, from a scripture or um, from something that we value, an, another sacred text or anything like that. They're now coming from, you know what, I feel like this is the thing I should do. That makes it ethical now because I want to do it. Um, and then number four, anything that stands in the way of individual freedom and happiness must be done away with. Um, and, and as you can tell, all of these kind of go together. It's all this self-centeredness, um, anything that's getting in the way of what makes me happy, what I, what I need, what I think I need yes. to make me happy right. has, has, has to be done away with. 
Um, number five, um, progress technology and education will make the world better. And yes, they are great tools if used right, um, but they have almost kind of taken the place of a lot of what God is meant for in our lives because we spend so much time focused on these things that, uh, you they know, become idols. they become idols. Um, and, and it's just another way, the self-centeredness and, and the, the idol, idolization of other things that are taking away from God. And then um, I kind of ended with number, number six on my list is external authority must be rejected. So if, if we're saying we're basically good, we're saying that everything that matters into our happiness is what we want, our self-centeredness, then anything that says otherwise has to be rejected. So we now go from self-centeredness to rejecting God. Um, and I think that's a lot of where our culture is right now, um, both outside and inside the church. Um, and, I, and I think that's what we're having to look at as leaders and, church, and as churches as we move forward is how do we, how do we relate to that and how do, we, how do we help with that? How do we become significant with that? Because for us, insignificance in this is not an option. We have to make a difference. Um, I, I, I really struggled right there because I wanted to say irrelevance, but I think insignificance to me is a, a better word for we can't be insignificant as a, as a church as it relates to culture. Um, and, uh, and just to kind of tie where I started off with, change is normal. But insignificance is not an option for us in that change. So we have to keep on keeping on. There are so many things I want to say from my workshop. Oh, the tie-in. <laughs> that we're gonna do, wanna, do we need to just do both of them right well, now? We wait, but I'm gonna, like, it's so weird. Like Derek had said in the last episode, the things that the Lord just strung together, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. wove yeah. together through all these workshops um, but it is important when I think about that insignificance, BJ, like I think a lot of times the church world uses the word relevance, like we need to be hip and cool. Right. Um, and that's what you're saying is not it's matter not really. as much as we need to do things and be people who matter. Still have influence. Have influence right. to make a difference in the community by yeah. the way we act and love and serve and give and to speak up and be heard, not in like we want our way kind of thing, but in order to help people no, there's a better way to live than what the world has concocted for you. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, and one of the things that I, I said in in our breakout session, which, like I said, I had so much I could say, but um, I actually took the time and said, you know what, I just I laid those things out there and just kind of give time for questions. And what do you think? Um, what kind of comments did you guys have since we weren't there? Uh, oh, Some of the highlights. Uh, I think everybody was pretty much on board with all of those things. They were just like – just looking at culture and how everyone is so worried about themselves more than anything else, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of, you know, a, against what we talk about in Scripture with, you know, you love your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Um, and, and you know, that kind of leads to the, the fact that we as believers, we—, we we consider the community to be more important than the individual. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that the community of faith is more important than any one individual. Uh, 
which kind of as far as our own rights. Our, yes, right? as far as our own rights and our that to get away from that selfishness, mm-hmm. uh, that self-centeredness, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I know and, you say this is where the culture is right now, but I feel like that this is really the heart of what's been wrong with culture since the beginning of time. Like we're that, just worried that about ourselves. That is so funny. There was someone in our group who said that same thing. Um, you're going to love it when I tell you who it was. It was Luke Boren. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and yes. Great minds think alike. And, yes, nothing has changed. It's really the same thing that we've always been dealing with. Um, Do we feel like a s- sin is becoming more prevalent? Do we feel like it's more rampant do we i mean do you think that's kind of the difference as we move forward i don't know We're that we're aware of it i think because it's because of media and the internet i think a lot of it has to do with population and that is where i'm going to bring in some numbers oh, yeah you did have Sorry. those numbers do yeah. i get an opinion in this you can have an opinion on this can i no like. can i say can yeah. i answer her question yeah yeah. But do I get to answer? It's oh, not sure. my workshop. No, no, you, no this is, <laughs> listen, my workshop turned into like, let's just discuss this and throw out some stuff. Um, I think people have been sinful from the beginning. I do think it is more prevalent because it is more celebrated right now. Now, I think, I think there were cultures in the past, um, Roman culture. I mean, yeah. it was celebrated, right. you know, like you read sin- the Bible and know they sinfulness was celebrated. I think what we have had in America for a lot of years is a culture where, where, um, Christiany was more, yeah. mostly moral, We're pretty mo- moral, moral. We pretty was moral. more moral, but I do think it's easier to hide in that kind of culture and just go with the motions of being a Christian, even though your heart's not right. Because if I do all the right things, I'm just looking right in the culture. I think now to stand out and go against the flow of culture, you really got to be a Christian. You got to be- really believe what you're, yeah. how you're behaving. Does that yeah. make sense? Absolutely. So anyways, yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean and, to hijack. If, what I was I've hijacked say- everybody's just so you know, it's not just you. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> Equal opportunity. Equal ac- opportunity hijacking. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but no, but mine kind of goes along with the same thing is it's, it's just that, um, what I was going to say is when, when America was kind of the constitution happened in 1776, we only, we were under 3 million as a total population in America. That population today is like 350 million. That's not that long ago. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things. Right. Definitely. And with a growth that fast, and especially if you just look over like I was born in 81, the population then was like 220 million. We've gained 130. We've like went up 35% since I was born in population in America. That's a lot more people speaking. And then you add in the technology. They have platforms now. They have the platforms. Everybody has a platform. We used to not know or care what someone in Nebraska thought. And now we can know immediately if something happens or there's an event or someone has an opinion. Yeah. Or so Australia, think, for that matter. I think it's a lot of different things. I think it was always there. Yeah. I think it's more, like Burr said, celebrated now. It's more out there, and there's a lot more people celebrating it. Yeah. Um, and, and that goes for Christians, too. I think there are a lot of Christians who who do things and may not be, you know, more self-centered and celebrating it rather than community-centered and God-centered. Well, I think it creeps in. Yeah. And we don't even realize what's happening Sometimes and that, um, that the selfish mindset does not line up with the way of Christ, but it just comes so slowly. It's like a 
frog in boiling water, mm-hmm. you know, they say. Mm-hmm. And if we're not careful, if we don't stay in tune with the Holy Spirit and allow him to check us, it's, it's easy to just get sucked right in yeah. to the culture. Absolutely. Um, Give us some hope, BJ. I mean, I, we don't have to here get there comes right the this hope. second, but get <laughs> Here there. comes the hope. We're going to get we to the hope really quick. We can't end with no hope. <laughs> uh, we can't end with no hope. We're, I'm going to get there really quick because I think we have to know how do we shape culture then. Mm-hmm. Like, how do we as the church, big C and little C, and as individuals, shape culture? And I, I came up with five pretty simple things that we can do. Um, and uh, we'll, I'll get your responses on these. But um, Yeah, you will. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> and here's what I did with this. I actually made sure that these five things centered around who we are as a church. Mm. Like you Grace mean Grace Church? church. Grace okay. Church. And yeah. I think these things fit. I don't, every church should be doing these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to mix them up for a little bit from what I had on my, uh, when I originally taught, because I did get called out on the order I had them in. Uh-oh. So I'm going to change up number one and number two. And number or maybe just say the order doesn't matter. Okay. Does the order matter? A little bit. Okay, then never mind. I'll be quiet. Yeah, because I'm going to start with number one, uh, which was number two, but now it's number one, uh, is we have to have dependence on God. Like, number yeah. one. and Because everything starts with God. Everything starts with God. You have to start with God. Um, and Well, I think that's true because I think that, like, Westerners and Americans, like, we're so self-sufficient and um, so positive in our skills that we forget that, yeah, it's all in God's hands, anyways. Mm-hmm. So, it's easy to have faith in ourselves because of our abilities, um, and we've got our savings account, and we're set up in case of emergency. And I don't have to rely on anybody else. And me, 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 me. Yeah. <laughs> it's right. like here we are, self-centered again. You yes. know, which I don't think any of those things are bad. And I think it's the I, motivation, right? It's it's your heart, it's your mindset. Because I think that as you, if you live god's way in the stream of his blessing your right. life is going to grow and evolve but sure. you have to remember mm-hmm. where it came from and you have to remember that you're a steward of whatever you have mm-hmm. so it's not bad to have those things no. because you've worked hard and you've been wise and you've been a good steward but like remember that it's a gift from god and keep your eyes open for what he wants you to do with how you've been right. blessed i think is so important yeah and um I think uh, and part of all five of these fit in our one page under the seek, love, and serve strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's what we do. It was already our strategy. It's just me naming it. Yeah. Um, and number two, which used to be number one, and I'll tell you why I had it as number one in just a minute. Uh, so number two, start with Scripture. Mm. We have to start with Scripture. Now, for the launch retreat, I made that number one uh, for the reason of that we had made the announcement of doing the journey. And, you know, starting in January, we're going to spend two years of simply walking through Scripture. And so that's why I had that as number one. And those things are intertwined. But I think you can't know God without the Scripture. Right. Right. The Scripture is the revelation of God. So we'll give you a buy. Okay. I get a buy on that. Okay. Yeah. Um, And that also kind of fits the the strategy of us seeking God, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. seeking his kingdom. Um, Number three, we have to invite. Mm Mm-hmm. We have to invite people into the life of the church and to our lives. Yeah. Um, without that invitation, you can't reach the culture at all because you're just shoving them off to the side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, if they're not invited, they're they're not going to be here. Yeah. An invitation is so important um, because people are waiting. You know, it's not like the days when people just showed up at church. Typically. Um, 
we want to be invited to things. Yeah. We want to be welcome. We, you know, you want to be even if it's even it's even if it's just um, seeing what's happening and being drawn by that. Mm-hmm. That's um, a, a life that's kind of um, inviting, yeah. and I think that's important too. Like where the, Jesus said. Um, people will know you're my disciples by how you love each other. So even how we treat each other and act around each other becomes an invitation for people to say, oh, I want to be a part of yeah. that. You know, and right. then we, we come and say, come and come and be a part of yes. this. Yeah. Well, because even, even secular parts of society, and, and not that all things secular and immoral, but secular and or immoral parts mm-hmm. of society, they are inviting people. Absolutely. Yes. And they are accepting them. Yes. And so... The church should be winning yes. at that. You know, we mm-hmm. should be the forerunners, you know. Yeah, and people are going to find community somewhere. Yes. All people desire community. Because it was built into it us. It was mm-hmm. by a God who loved us mm-hmm. and understood yep. us yep. and knows what we need. Yeah. Yeah. And we try to find that in, you know, if it's community within the church or community at the local bar. I mean... Mm-hmm. Yeah, or civic organization or, civic or organiza- a gym yeah. or yeah. whatever right. it is. There's lots of yeah. opportunities for that. Yeah. Well, and I love, too, I've been going back. I'm I'm a Chosen fan. I know you guys have watched it, too. And I was reminded recently um, where when Jesus called the disciples, as they show it in the episode, um, he's told the parable of um, catching the fish and then sorting them in the, you know at the end of the age. And he basically says to Peter when he calls him to be a fisher of men, he says to him, and all the disciples are kind of standing around, all the ones he's called at that point, and he says, I just want you to go and fish for people, and I'll sort them out in the end. Mm-hmm. You know, and just to remember that that's God's work. Yeah. Um, right. we, we're not trying to save anybody. We can't We can't do any of those things. All we can do is love them and show them God's love and invite them in, invite them right. in and let God's Holy Spirit do the work. Yeah. Which yeah. takes a lot of pressure off of us. Yes. It does. But and we do have a job to do that's important. Yeah. And hurt feelings when they when they reject and walk away mm-hmm. or whatever, it's not up to me. Yeah. Like it's not up yeah. to me. Yeah. Or if we have to invite them for 12 years before they come. Right. Right. We don't give up. We're <laughs> called to persevere. Yeah. So yeah. Good. good. Uh, number four is just simply disciple. Once you invite them here, they have to be discipled. They have to, you, you almost kind of go back to number one and start with scripture with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so you almost have to have kind of a, a heart for people and both both invite and disciple that kind of falls under loving others yep. um, for us as part of our strategy. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I mean, Tanya's a discipleship pastor. She gets that. <laughs> <laughs> on and on that's, and on. That's, on. I mean, that's what we talk I mean, about, you know, yeah, and, it's, and, and being like, as Derek said in his episode, podcast episode, that we live a life so that we can say to someone that we're mentoring or teaching or discipling, follow me as I follow Christ, you know? Right. And so we keep our eyes on Jesus that's that's if you if that's all the work you have to do in this world you will be busy keep yeah. your eyes on Jesus and imitate him so that the people that are watching you can imitate you and knowing that they're following in those same footsteps yeah. mm-hmm. that's the lifestyle of discipleship yep. and, and the number number five I put in here is we we, we have to be generous we have to serve mm-hmm. we have to you know give of our time and our talents and our treasures to to the church to uh, individuals in our faith, yeah. in the faith community, and also to those who we're inviting and those in the culture. We have to be generous to them. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of the five. I know it seems so simple. I actually got a question on that. You know, uh, Luke Bourne once again goes, but these aren't new. These are I'm like, no, they're not. They're reminders. They're just reminders. Yeah. How we're going to reach a culture has not changed. Mm-hmm. 
Now, we may use some different models or things like that, but it hasn't really changed. Um, It's so simple. It's not always easy. Yeah, it's not easy. Especially if we get in our own way, but it is simple in that it hasn't changed. Right, and and I think there are things that each one of us can kind of come up with out, out of these five things or what's one thing I'm going to focus on to help reach the culture within, you know, spreading scripture yeah. or showing showing people that I'm dependent on God. How am I going to invite others in the culture? And it, I, I think the tendency for most people is to kind of look at the world and the culture from that from an airplane view, fifty thousand feet in the air. I don't know how high an airplane goes. Yeah, all 50, the, yeah. yeah it's way up there. <laughs> yeah. But look down at culture and go, well, I've got to fix it all. Mm-hmm. So I need to get on Facebook and social media and post my favorite scripture and right. tell everybody they should be living by this scripture. But that's not how, that's not how Jesus affected the world. Yeah. He started with 12 people, 12 guys. I mean, yeah. that's where he, he started small. Right. Uh, um, I, I, I kind of I remember this from the video in the dust and the rabbi was talking about where Jesus went to call the first disciples. The community was 50 people. Yeah. There were only 50 really people small. in that <laughs> initial community where he went. That's where he started. Yeah. Like he didn't start. You mean he didn't start with his three thousand followers on Instagram? He started small. It's yeah. one person at a time. Right. It's not well because if we're doing it well, then it multiplies because right. that person will then disciple someone else, and that person will disciple someone right. else, and so like our platforms don't have to be huge. Right. It because if we're doing it right and well, people will it will just exponentially increase. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's why I love like in our measures the inviting people to know Jesus. Um, it specifically says who, who are three people are, are there three people that I'm inviting to know and follow Jesus? Um, because it would be so easy to say, well, I want to see the whole world saved. Well, that's great. But who in particular are you focusing on in your right. sphere of influence in your life? Mm-hmm. Who are you speaking yeah. to? Who are you having dinner with? Who are you playing games with? Who are you serving with? And if, if, even if we just start with three, if we all minister to three who minister to three, like you just said, Burr. That's yeah, exactly that's, was the model that Jesus set for us. Yeah. So good. So that's kind of the uh, um, the cultural things that are going on and the the solution to the cultural things. Yeah. Now, if we're talking about the future church, I had to have some predictions, right? Because okay. that's just what we do. Oh gosh, are they your predictions? <laughs> These are my opinion. Okay. On we, predictions of the future of the church, based on some research. right? Based on some research. <laughs> okay. Educated guesses. Educated guesses. Okay, but they're BJ's. Yes, these are not. <laughs> just making these it clear. Are, these are BJ's, but based on a lot of uh, enough research so that I at least know a little bit of. Okay, you don't say anything without research. So right. I'm okay do you with want? That that's not true. Really, you don't think? <laughs> no, he says lots of things without research. I Listen, mean, maybe 80, not eighty-seven percent of all facts mm-hmm. are made up on the spot. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, he might have research to back up what he says here at work, but <laughs> not at home. I'll let y'all deal with those domestic. Um, so. Um, are you just wanting to get these recorded so you can come back later and be like, I was right on my predictions? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I love being right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Oh, what you got? I feel like I'm getting beat up here all of a sudden. <laughs> well, just so a few predictions I have, and this is for not just Grace Church, because I think Grace Church is already doing some of these things that I've predicted, but I think the Big C Church and us as a whole community um, are leaning towards and heading that direction. Um, so number one, the future is bright. Um, got to wear shades. Got to wear shades. The future is bright. <laughs> Sorry, Tracy can edit that if he wants to. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> and and I kind of broke that up into a couple a couple of things about the future being bright. First off, the gain's going to be big. 
um, throughout history, we see when things seem their bleakest, Jesus shows up and things turn around. And I just, I just, the, what I'm looking at, and we look at it and we hear it in America all the time, like the church is dying because we love negative news. Mm. Because that's, I really think that that, that is sells. over-exaggerated. And by the numbers, that looks over-exaggerated that the church is dying. Um, now, the church may be moving a little bit because we see bigger growth in places like Africa and China with Christianity than we do in America. Yeah. Um, but I still think in America, it's going to be a big change. It's going to be a big gain. We're going to... If we do our job. If we do our job. <laughs> if we do the things that we have always been called to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then also, I think, you know... The future's bright because the church has shifted from this idea of, you know, programming to this idea that we're going to do mission over model. Like, it's not the model church anymore. It's the mission. What's the what's the main thing the church is here for? People are turning back to that, the main thing we were called to do, rather right. than, oh, we're going to have a bunch of fun things to do. Right. And we, hey, we're we Christians. Have, we have fun. We have like, fun. That's right. We know how to have fun. Right. But also... And I think Grace Church is ahead of the curve on this a little bit with the, back to the mission of being dependent on God and focusing on Scripture. And mm-hmm. um, and there are a lot of other churches doing the same yeah. um, and many more to follow. Yeah, And if we, f- we feel like our mission specifically, we've named it or called it encouraging our community toward wholeness in Jesus because we do think that's the best life. Right. Um, and in my brain, I equate wholeness with holiness. So ultimately what we're calling people to is holiness right. in Jesus, but it is wholeness in spirit, mind, soul, and body. Um, so all of those things matter. But even the things that we do that may look like programming, our goal on the behind-the-scenes right. set is to do all the fun stuff and all the serving things based on that mission and to keep right. that in the front yeah. of our minds. And and at, it just changes the way you think if your mindset is right. Yeah. We talked about that earlier. You know, It's all about your mindset. Right. And that's why we talk about the one page so much. It's mm-hmm. like if we're, whatever we're doing, yeah. if it fits this, right. we're doing what we were called to do, yeah. what we're, what Grace Church is, we're doing that. Yeah. Um, uh, number two kind of kind of plays off of that a little bit is consumers, consumerism in the church is going to fade. Mm. And I think some of that has already started to happen, and I think it's going to keep fading more. Um, and, and that means that Sundays, they're going to become more about giving than getting. I think a lot of times um, in the church over history, it's been about what can I get from Sunday? Yeah. I need to get my cup filled on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I need a, I need this from going to church on Sunday. And I, and I, it's, it's starting to become a lot more about what can I do to give to my community? Yeah. What can I do? Can I go in and uh, learn some scriptures that I can now go out and take out mm-hmm. to the community? Yeah. So, Well, uh, and Michelle talked about that in her worship. Um, workshop was like Sunday should be an overflow of what we've done all week Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be I mean you know what I'm saying you shouldn't come in here I'm thirsty and empty and fill me up so I can make it till next Sunday it should be we should have been filling up all week long Mm -hmm. by meditating and and focusing on God's word and worshiping throughout the week in everything we do the way we serve the way we spend time with other people praying all of that that when we get here we should just our cup should be so full we should be splashing out everywhere (laughs) on sunday morning you know so tambourines and that's not up to me flags up and down go ahead let's go to the next (laughs) 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 number 
um, also, um, kind of something that goes wrong with that is engagement will drive attendance. Like in the church, we're all about attendance, right? That's that's all they care about. They care about if I'm in the seat and if I'm writing a check. But that's not true at all. It's, you know, as pastors, we get that we care so much more about you than just that. Yeah. And, and a phrase that, phrases that I've been using lately that we've talked about, <clears throat> excuse me, in staff meeting is names with numbers and stories with the statistics. Right. Um, because we do have to keep track of things. Right. You know, we, we want you to keep our budget balanced and we have to turn numbers into the district. Uh, those things yeah. are important, but we know that there's a name with every number right. and the stories are so important. We're yeah. always looking for ways to share the stories of what God is doing in people's lives. So all yeah. those things can go together. And, and as a church and as a, a big C and little C churches, if we're engaging people, mm-hmm. that's how that will drive the attendance yeah. of your church. Right. Because um, they will come to worship God too. They will. Right. They will begin to come, right. and out of the overflow of what's happening and the right. relationships that they have. Yeah. Which, incidentally, I believe that when we put all all of our attention and we give God all of our affection and our devotion and worship Him, like we are filled because we're connecting with the source of life and we're living life the way that we should be. Yeah. So, again, it's not the kind of filling up that we thought about in the past, the consumeristic right. view of I need to get filled up because I'm dry. But, like, because I've invested in my relationship with God and I come and I put all my attention to him, I'm going to leave filled up by virtue right. of the fact that I'm living life the way he made me to live it. Right. But you can, yes. And the, th- the thing I want, I wish people would understand and what Michelle was talking about is you don't have to go through a, a middleman. Like, God is available Outside of these doors on Sunday morning, mm-hmm. you can, if you're feeling dry by Monday morning, yeah. just tap into the source. Yeah. You can do that. You yeah. don't need Michelle on the stage mm-hmm. or the pastor on the stage yeah. or this building. You can tap yeah. right in. The Holy Spirit. Yeah. Preach uh, it, sister. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. No, I'm. I'm. <laughs> you, you got I'm, it. I mean, I'm still talking about worship. Go oh, back. Yeah, to, go back to the future <laughs> of the church. Um, uh, and then that is kind of still on that consumerism and church will fade. Ministries will begin to complement people's lives, not compete with them. And and that's kind of twofold. Um, one fold is that, you know, sometimes in calendaring your church events, you got to say no to things because you're making, you're making the life of the church too busy. But also, there are things that you do as a church that go, I want to make sure I'm, I'm, I, we're there for people at times that are good for them. Um, because people have busy lives. Yeah. There's a lot going on. And um, I actually have two examples of this. Um, is it okay to drop people's names on the podcast? Well, you've done it the I whole time. So. <laughs> okay, good. Because I just thought about that. I'm like, eh, wait, maybe we got to get permission. I don't know. But um, two people I think about are actually two families. I'll start with the Borns because I've already mentioned Luke and that works out. But, um, you know, they're part of a lot of things. They have a lot of hobbies. They have a lot of hobbies, too. Like gardens and llamas and goats and pigs and chickens. (laughs) But they're able to stay connected at Grace Church and not be here all the time Mm -hmm. because of where they're able to connect at. Because, you know, they're able to go to a small group, lead a Sunday school class, come to worship, but not necessarily have to be here on a Wednesday night because they've done all those other things for the week because we have options. Quality over quantity, you know, always always makes more sense to me like you know and i think that our church is blessed to have the people and financial and whatever other resources are needed to offer a lot of things um throughout the week yeah right 
but not expect everybody to come to everything. Right. But we do go back, again, we go back to the one page and the strategy of seeking, loving, serving, and we say that if you have a time of worship with God, if you're seeking God, you know, we, th- we do think Sunday morning right. is an important time to be here. If you're loving others in a small group, accountability, discipleship, fellowship setting, that could be Sunday school here. That could be a D group. That could be a Wednesday night class. That could be a small group. There's lots of opportunities to do that if you're doing that. And then if you have a way that you're serving, your, your, your bucket of life is, is, should be filled. And we right. don't expect you to, to be in be Sunday school and small group and right. discipleship group. It's not bad yeah. if you if you have the time and you want to, but like hitting those main points of priority and then being involved in other things, it's just that we're blessed to be able to offer a lot of things. Right. right. So, but don't wear yeah. yourself out because you That's also need time to go into the world right. to, to shine your light. That's yeah. a good reminder. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And uh, another one of the stories I have on that is Amanda Tilly. Um, there was a time period where she couldn't, she just couldn't be here on Sunday because of work and going to school. And she was doing a lot. Um, I don't know which degree, a nurse of some sort. Nurse, She's a nurse practitioner. practitioner yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's a that's, master's degree. Yeah. That's she a master's degree she was working on while working, while taking care of her kids. Yeah. And she just couldn't be here that much on Sunday, but she was able to go to a D group mm-hmm. that met. And so she was able to, so the ministry complimented her life at the time. So I, I really think the church, I think Grace Church has done a great job with that, and I think we will continue to do a great job with that, but I think other churches are starting to fall into that same model. Um, and then the last one I have a hard time with because whew, this was a tough one, but online church is here to stay, people. <laughs> just, just know it is always going to be there. But I think it's going to be more of a supplement to the church and not the church. We're not all fixing to go online forever. No. It's not, that's, there's always a place for the community. It's a tool. Yeah. And I think it's going to end up being more of a front door than a back door for the church. Right. I think it's going to bring people in. It's not going to be showing people the way out. They check out a church through the, on, through the online service and right. kind of get a feel for it and yeah. see what it's like and feel the atmosphere. I've also heard about the side door, which is because life is busy, because people work on weekends or travel or have, you know, they're taking care of a, a relative with an extended illness, they can stay connected to the church through the Sunday morning service, yeah. through an online thing. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're here, they're a part of the church, they're not leaving, but there's a season in life like like Amanda just went through that they can't be here in person, but they right. can stay connected right. for, to that right. piece in that way. Yeah, And so I think that's really important too. Yeah, it's yeah. so, good. Yep. And then the last thing I have, I think just in-person church is going to become stronger. I just think the more people, I think more people want community. Yeah. And as long as the church is doing the things we're supposed to do, it's going to attract people to that community of faith. Well, I think, I think some of the um, pseudo community, like when I say that, I mean like social media and different, the internet have been around long enough that people are realizing that they were, they were not good substitutes for community they didn't feel that and so now i think people are realizing this isn't working this it's been around enough to prove itself to be false as far as true community goes so i think people are looking for well then what what will meet that need so and i think people will have to be retrained or for the younger generations trained in how to be a part of real community Mm -hmm. because we've had a disconnect for a while for for so long um, so we need to be gracious in that, and we need to, right. you know, be open to um, hearing people. And again, I think that's why it's the the culture of invitation is so important. Mm-hmm. 
because people are going to yep. awkwardly wonder if they can come in. Can they belong? Is there right. a spot for me? Am I right. welcome? And so we need to, you know, be ready to receive them. Yep. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Thank good. you. Thank you, BJ. Lots of hope. Yeah. yeah. We live in a crazy world, yeah. and it's probably going to get crazier. Yeah. yeah. But we have the hope of Jesus yeah. to share with people. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad. Good. All any, right. any final words? I think that's all I have to say about that. Awesome. We'll let you Thanks, we'll let Forrest. you go with that. Yeah, exactly. All right, listeners, hope you know that God's grace is sufficient for you even as the church moves forward into the future. <laughs>